Welcome to the busy Latter-day Saint, where righteous desires and living life come together. Here, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints discuss their challenges and successes in studying the Scriptures, and where listeners come to learn more about studying the Scriptures. I'm your host, Richard Bernard. The music for this program is by Marvin Goldstein and used with his permission. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to comment on this episode or the podcast in general. To leave a comment, click on the link in the show notes. I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast to be informed when a new episode has been posted. You subscribe by tapping on the subscribe or follow button. Now, each podcast app is different, so if you don't see the follow or subscribe button, a simple Google search will teach you about the app you are using and show you how. If you enjoy this podcast and have benefited from it, I encourage you to start donating a few dollars to the General Missionary Fund each month. This episode has long been coming due because of technological problems that simply wouldn't go away. I interviewed Andy and Jan back in the fall of 2021, but upon editing the audio, I found the sound on their end was so bad it was impossible to fix. I was surprised by this because during the interview, everything sounded great. We then had a second interview in the winter of 2021, and again the audio was wonderful while taping, but when I played it back, there were numerous problems and I wasn't sure that they could be fixed. I was so disappointed because Andy and Jan are wonderful people with a great message. After trying to fix the audio, I became so frustrated I set it aside. What happened next I can only mark as a miracle. About a week ago, I thought I should try to see if I can salvage the audio. I listened to the audio and all of the problems were fixed. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It wasn't wonderful, but good enough that I could work with it and so I began editing the episode. While editing, I ran into some other challenges, but I was able to fix them. The final product, while not perfect, is listenable. Is that even a word? Anyway, I'm sure you will enjoy listening to Andy and Jan in Australia. Since last winter, life has brought some big changes to them. They were called by President Henry B. Eyring on January 16, 2022, to serve as Temple President and Matron of the Melbourne, Australia Temple. They will start on September the 1st. Now, here's Andy and Jan. Well, welcome, Andy and Jan. How are you doing today? All right, thank you. Very well. Good. We've had a real challenge here (laughs) getting hooked up with you. Um, And we still don't have your your audio. uh, Well, how can I say the the best it can be, but it's 100% better than it was. So I think once it gets on my end, I can do a few things to help uh, help it along. Well, for the audience to know, you're down in Australia. Where are you in Australia? Um, In a suburb of Melbourne uh, called Melton, uh, a western suburb, um, about... uh, 37 kilometers from the Melbourne Center. Okay. And um, you're retired now? Yes. Okay. And before you retired, what were you doing for a living? I was uh, pretty much in IT all my life. Um, started, you know, 
after university uh, as a programmer and sort of worked through different uh, opportunities uh, within IT, sort of finished up as a senior project and program manager for our uh, Telstra, which is our major telecommunications mm. company. Well, with IT, you're the person that people yelled at when things didn't work. Well, uh, not really. I, I wasn't so much on the technical side. You know, in the in the last twenty years, I was mainly managing large multi million dollar projects. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. All right. um, you know, installing large systems and upgrading and all that. Okay. And Jan, did you work outside the home or always been home raising children? Um, well, uh, we have six children, and um, when our youngest was um, almost finished high school, I started to work in in that school, and I worked um, uh, in with the little children, and I looked after them when they came into to the sick bay. With you know, um, I wasn't a trained nurse, but I was trained in in first aid, and so they came with their little scrapes, knocks not feeling well, then I would look after them. And it was a great job. I loved it. And you also did administration. Oh, and, and admin, you know, yes. Yeah, work. yeah okay. And um, what age were these children? Um, they were from five up to uh, 17 or 18, uh, so a big range. And did the, um, the number of people not feeling well go up on a test day? Uh, probably. <laughs> Probably they did. <laughs> there was a lot of people who, you know, and so mine was sort of, I had to work out whether they were really sick or not. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. It was a great oh, job. Well, now you got six children. How many boys and how many girls? We have two boys and four girls. Uh-huh. And where are they all located in Australia or are they spread out through the yes. world? No, they're in Australia. We have one son living in Queensland, which is north. Uh, of us, so tropical Queensland. We, he has um, three children. Uh, our oldest grandson is on a mission in New Zealand. It's very exciting for us. Our first grandchild to go on a mission, and um, and the other uh, five children are all around us nearby, uh, and um, we see them. We see them often. Very good. Yeah, we we still yeah. have one daughter and her husband and. Um, two grandchildren living with us um, while they've been saving for uh, their home. They're currently uh, waiting on getting built. So hopefully by sometime towards the end of the next year, they'll move into their home. Oh. And then then our very large home and, and one-acre property will probably become, uh, have, have fulfilled its purpose and then we'll sell it downside. <laughs> now, how much is the average home in Australia right now? Just the average? Ooh, it, it, it's all based on location. Uh-huh. Where we live where we live in Melton, yeah, it's probably the, uh, the cheapest in Australia, but that's going up ridiculously. The average here might be around the 500,000. Okay. Uh, but as you, you know, with every kilometre you go closer to the the city, you could add ten or twenty thousand. 
And yeah. by the time you get around the city, you're talking multiple million. Yeah. <laughs> Australian dollars and American dollars, are they fairly close together in value? Uh, we're about uh, 71, 72 cents at the moment of your dollar. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, it gives me an idea. Yeah, here in Utah, boy, the prices are just going up like crazy because everyone from California wants to get out of California is moving up here. And right. I'm, I'm one of those guilty parties that my wife and I moved up here and, and I love it up here. But, uh, I, I said they should have shut the gates after I got in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a little bit like Queensland because everyone wants to go to Queensland because it's cheaper there to live, and also um, there's no not there's no COVID, so everybody and and uh, we have a lot of lockdowns here in Victoria, and so everyone wants to move up to Queensland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, now, um, what about church positions, uh, Andy? What have you been doing? Uh, I've uh, well, when I joined the church at nineteen. A little bit after that, I went on a mission to New Zealand. Uh, when I got back, I was called back in those days. We were uh, to be award mission leader. You were also called as a seventy. Um, mm-hmm. I still work young. Uh, of course, the uh, understanding of what a seventies role really is has changed. Anyway. After that, I was called as a bishop, um, and then stake presidency to a couple of stake presidents, uh, then a number of other stake callings, and then bishop again, and then uh, called as a stake president of, of our state. Okay. So there for eight and a half years. Um, and now we're you know, temple ordinance workers and, and coordinators, my wife and I. Um, I'm also a ward missionary. My wife's seminary too. Oh, now do they have early morning seminary there? Yes, we do. Yes. Okay. So what yes. time do you have to get up? Well, um, when we, when we're all open here and we had seminary at chapel, we are, you know, it's six o'clock seminary. So the, so the kids can get back home and get ready for school and everything. But when we've had lockdown, um, we've had it via Zoom. And then we would just have it at 7 o'clock because that, well, the kids weren't going anywhere. They yeah. weren't going to school or anything. So we had it at 7 o'clock and that was, that was good. We had a good attendance then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, other, otherwise it was up at 5 o'clock for me. But that's okay. I, I just, I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. How many years have you been teaching seminary? Well, um, I taught. I first started teaching seminary when my youngest was two years old, and uh, I taught for ten years. And um, I taught uh, four of my uh, own children oh. till they graduated, and then I had a break, and I've just been teaching now for the last four years. Mm. So th- next year I'll be going into my fifth year. Oh wow! Um, but uh, yeah, I love it. It's yeah. wonderful. Uh, 15 years old. Yeah, wow. And when your children were or also your students, were they the best students in the class or were they giving you trouble? 
No, they weren't the best. And <laughs> you know, we had a, a we had a we had a, a then we didn't have a chapel in it. We had a branch, and uh-huh. um, and so we had a, a room in our home that was the seminary room. Oh, and uh, and one of our daughters, she had a bedroom just off the seminary room, uh-huh. and all she had to do was get out of bed and walk over, and I still had to say, "Come on." <laughs> Seminary starting now, but um, no, they weren't the best. But, oh. but you know, they all came. They graduated. They're, they're beautiful kids. You know, okay. wonderful. Well, now you've got some grandchildren. How many grandchildren do you have? We have nine. Nine. Okay, and you said one is serving in New Zealand. He is, which just like Grandpa did. Yes, yeah. and me, yeah. and, and yeah. I. Oh, served. oh, you did. Oh, you also served a mission there. Yes. yes. Wow. At the same time, but we, we, it was interesting because we were there the same time, but we only met once huh. and we saw each other a, another time, but that was it. But I, he, you didn't really notice no, me, but no. I knew him. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, that was it. And then we, we came home to Australia and then we saw each other at a young, young single adult uh, conference. And so we started chatting and, and, um, uh, a few months later, it all sort of started. So there we go. But uh, but our also our daughter also served in New Zealand too. So that oh. was that's rather nice. Yeah. Well, now how far is New Zealand from Australia? Uh, about a three hour flight. Oh, okay. Um, that gives me an idea of how the distance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never been to Australia. I've been to many places in the world, but I've never been that far south, and uh, or New Zealand. But um, understand. It's an amazing continent to me. It is huge. It is huge. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, it, it's, as, it's as big as all of continental United States. Yes, yes. Uh, minus Alaska. You know, I mean, Alaska's yeah. Sort of yeah. 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 It's, it's quite <laughs> big. But, but I, I've seen pictures and I, I've been told there's just some beautiful areas there in Australia. Oh, there is. Yeah, there just is. some yeah. wonderful things. It's, it's also, very, it's very uh, diverse. You know, you've got like north, you've got the tropical, uh-huh. uh, um, and then the south, you've got um, mountains, and you, we have snow, and uh, in the mountains, mm-hmm. and then you've got deserts and in central. You know, yeah, Australia. it's it's yeah. very diverse, very harsh, and, yeah. and most of it, most of the east is desert, isn't it? No, no. The east is fairly. Oh, I'm sorry. The west. The west. The west. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. yeah, yeah. The, the west is along along the west coast, the southern west coast. It, it's very beautiful, but as you go up north and central, it's, it, it's, yes. it's pretty much There's nothing there. Um, just desert and scrub. Hmm. Uh, People don't live there. Well, the Aboriginals yeah. always live there. Yeah. They don't, they seem to have. Um, Survived there, and you know, for thousands of years. Uh, yeah. So that they're, yeah. they're able, able to do that. Wow. When it when any of us uh, white folk <coughs> happen to get stuck in those deserts, we usually die. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we we won't eat the witchetty grubs and snakes and that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've served a lot of church positions. What have you learned from all the time that you've served in the church? You've served as a bishop, a missionary, a stake president. If you if you had to take one thing away, what's the one thing that you've learned in serving in these positions? 
um, that this is the Lord's church and he's in control, no matter how hard I try <laughs> to, you know, to do, uh, you know, my duties and responsibility. Uh, yeah, I, I've learned to allow, allow him to guide me and direct his work. Um, and that way can always work out. Oh, well, I think that's a great, great lesson. Uh, it's hard being in a leadership position and you want to go in a certain direction and the Lord wants you to go in a different one. Yes. <laughs> so one has to become humble and accept yes. what the Lord wants to be done. Exactly. It's, it's very, very diff- uh, difficult. And, of course, you got to know the people in your state quite well. Yes. Yes, and I think that's yeah. a wonderful thing. It is, uh, yeah. Formed many wonderful friendships yeah. through uh, serving. Yeah. Now, your stake, your stake. How long does it take to drive across the state? The stake. Um, it, it, it. All of Western Melbourne and Western Victoria. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're uh, in Melton. We're probably the most east. Uh, of the state, uh, and it goes all the way north. So, to go to some of our remote branches, it was always a three and a half hour trip. Wow! Yeah, yeah that 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 takes some planning. Yes. <laughs> Especially if you're in a stake position, a high council or something, it really takes yes. takes some yes. planning. Uh, here in American Fork, I think it takes me three minutes to cross the stake. It might it might take four if I slow down a little bit. <laughs> now that would be nice. Yeah, you know, moving up here from California, where again our stake it wasn't a three-hour drive. When I was a bishop, it took about uh, in East LA. I think it took about forty minutes, forty-five minutes to cross. Um, but you know, in California, on my block, I was the only member. And wow. now I live in a neighborhood that there's only three non-members. <laughs> and so it, it just, um, it, it's a total dynamic. It's like we, we have a home, what called a homeowners association, which most of the uh, cities like us to have. And so uh, just about everybody in the association is a member of the church. And so when it becomes a problem with you know, somebody's property not being kept up or something, it, it puts a whole different dynamic on on uh, interacting with people, you know. And, um, <laughs> and of course, you, you can see when you're getting in the car to go to church for your two-minute drive to get to the chapel, uh, how many people whose garage is not opening up and <laughs> you figure, well, they're not going to church today. <laughs> So it, it, it's it's yeah. just a it's a whole different just a different di- dynamic, and uh, yeah. I, I know we were having trouble in our stake. Uh, one family was having they wanted to actually move to another ward, be part of another ward because they were having trouble with one of their neighbors, and it's oh. just it's just you know it, I never saw that happen in California because my nearest member was probably a five minute drive away. (laughs) So, yeah. So it just, it just puts a whole different dynamic on it. But I, what I love here is my wife and I went to the temple 
and uh, we weren't able to go to the closest one, which is 10 minutes from my, out of my garage. We had to drive a whole 20 minutes to the Draper Temple. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a new one, no, no, the dra Drapers have uh, been around quite a while, uh, oh, okay. but we are within 20 to 30 minutes from uh, 1, 2, 3, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 temples, and they're, built, and they're building two more. Yeah. That, they're, they're within that, that range. It's just, and the parking lots are always full. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 I go to our temple, the Mount Timpanogos Temple, and it would be at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it, this is before COVID and everything, and it, the parking lot would be packed. And I go, doesn't anybody have a job? How do people support themselves? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and, so and because I, yeah, I, I would go to the session and there'd be these young men, you know, that look like they're oh, 20, oh. 25 or 30 years old and they're in, sitting in the session. I go, wow, don't these people have jobs? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's wonderful. I really enjoy being in Utah and where it's just such a blessing yeah. to be so close to temples. I lived in Israel for four years and the closest temple oh. was Switzerland. So, yeah. you know, you, it, it, you know, so it's and then for you for a long time, your temple was quite a ways. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, we we had to get married in New Zealand. That uh, was the only temple uh, in Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, when we got married. Had to fly over there, um, and now then for many years when we got the Sydney temple, that used to take a twelve twelve hour bus ride overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, to get up there, it's about more than a thousand kilometers um, yeah. uh, up there, and now we have a temple in most of the capital cities. Uh, we have five five temples. Yeah. Okay, and and our Melbourne temple is on the other side of Melbourne, and takes us when we go to serve there. Uh, usually, because we have to leave through peak hour, it takes us. Anything from an hour and a half to two hours mm -hmm. to get there, but at night when the traffic's less, we get home in just about an hour. Okay. Yeah. Well, in California, um, it was about an hour drive for us to serve in Redlands Temple, my wife and I. Right. Uh, we had the Los Angeles Temple, and um, see, we had one, two, uh, well, three temples. Had three temples, but um, Los Angeles was actually closer, but because of traffic, it took about an hour. Mm -hmm. And then to get from our house to Redlands was about an hour. And we, we worked there early morning Saturday shift. So we were, I think we were getting up at four o'clock in the morning and, and right. getting out the door and getting there by six o'clock. So, but, mm -hmm. uh, working in the temple is a special blessing. It really it is. is. It really yeah, is. It really is a special blessing. And, uh, it, uh, I learned a lot just by serving in the temple. I learned yeah. quite, quite a bit. You, you spoke about the Swiss Temple. We we served a mission together a few years ago in the Alpine German. Oh, and uh, so we went often to the Bern Temple. Yeah, wow. the The Alps are beautiful. Yes, I I've been there and I've taken a train through there and it's just gorgeous. Yes, beautiful, beautiful area. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's turn to the scriptures. Um, Let's t start with Jan. Since you, you study for the uh, seminary, uh, what is your routine as far as studying the scriptures? W w what do you do? What, what is your workflow? 
Well, um, I, I need to have, uh, some time, you know, because I need to spend a fair bit of time preparing my lessons. So I would, um, make a time in the day, depending on what I was doing that day, and I would set aside that time. And I would like, I, um, how much time? Oh, an hour, an hour or maybe two hours, um, doing preparation and research and, um, scriptures and, um, background and everything. Um, but, um, on a, when I'm not teaching seminary, I like to, I get up in the mornings, I, uh, have my prayer and then I find a quiet time. Um, I go and sit in our little lounge room here and I spend about half an hour uh, or 45 minutes depending, um, how much time I have. And I, uh, I quickly did the Doctrine Covenants. Um, at the moment I'm going through Matthew, um, in preparation for Christmas, reading about the Savior. And, um, uh, yeah, so that's. Okay. And, uh, do you, um, do you have a notebook with you or a journal or something while you're studying? Uh, yes, I, I have a little book here. Oh, okay. And I, I make, uh, notes in it and, uh, different little things. Not, not all the time, but when I'm doing my seminary lessons, I do all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And do you use the uh, gospel library at all? Yes. Yes. And and how does that work into your study? Well, um, when we have different points of doctrine, um, it's easy to find more information and to look it up. And uh, I I really find some really good articles, uh, very interesting, especially when we're talking about um, proclamation family, the uh, uh, the the proclamation for priesthood given you know there's just really excellent articles so you can research and so you can find more information now. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful. Yeah. To get a, a understand. Not that I with my seminary class I don't go into a lot of um uh, things other than what the manual uh it just you know it gives us to give to the student because I find my students are um many of them are English as a second language, and um, they are not you know, to help them with basic gospel doctrine is important to them. Mm. I, I don't I, I don't have many students that ask you know the in depth questions. Really yeah, no, yeah. I, not for my class. Now you said they're they're learning a second language. What's their first language? Well, I have um, Samoan, Tongan oh. uh, students in my class. Okay. I have, um, I have, uh. Yeah, we, Melton, we have two wards. One is <coughs> a Samoan ward, so that totally, uh, Samoan. Uh, but there's still a, quite a lot of Samoans that actually prefer to be in an English speaking world. So, say nearly three quarters of our, our own ward, Melton First Ward, are Samoans, Tongans, New Zealanders, uh, Maori, <coughs> and, and other Pacific Islanders, uh, you know, uh, but their, their English is, is quite good, and they, especially the youth, they go to school and all that, but 
at home they usually still speak. Yeah, yeah. Language. yeah, yeah. Well, it, it it does create a problem uh, with with a second language. There's just some vocabulary that's in the scriptures that may not be known and understood clearly, or they think they understand it, and it's not really what the uh, what what the meaning is. I love the Samoan people. They um, we we have quite a community up in California. I don't know about Utah, but in California we certainly do, and. Um, they were always great people and of great faith, yeah. and uh, just an amazing, amazing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, okay. So, uh, you're teaching seminary, and you've got to um, kind of be careful with the language, and uh, so that that's why you stick to what what the manual is. Do you um, within the gospel library? Do you do any marking of the scriptures in there, or do you just use it kind of like a reference? Yeah, just a reference. Okay. I, mean, I, do, I, I have my scriptures here, um, right here, and I do all my marking there. Mm-hmm. I, I write, I write in the, the you know, cross reference. I've got cross reference down. Whereas, whereas I, uh, study <coughs> the gospel library on my phone and do everything there. I, <coughs> And I mark, I mark my scriptures as I'm reading them, um, and then remark them. You know, like most of my scriptures are fairly heavily marked already over the years mm-hmm. where we've had the gospel library. But every year, as you go over scriptures, something else stands out. So mm-hmm. I underline another little mm-hmm. word or two here or a section, and and then. Sometimes I'll annotate, you know, new insight or understanding. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and the other great thing is, you know, like uh, in uh, Come Follow Me, you know, it's, a, it's a, such a great resource. And as you're reading, it has all sorts of links yes. to uh, yeah. other content and videos and yeah. So I, I go through all of that in my study as well. It 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 really does broaden, you know, your ex your your, your, yes, your yeah. richness of your experience of study. Yeah. <coughs> um which I didn't get when I was just using the hard copy. You know? Yes. But, yeah. So you 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 might want to do that mm. more. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm interested in the seminary because um here we're trying when I say here because of my mission uh that i I don't know if you know about my mission, but um no. well okay, um the audience will get tired of hearing about this, but anyway, last April, uh, Salt Lake called me and asked me to serve a mission in the priesthood family department uh I'm one of the experts in the church on the gospel library, and in fact, I actually wrote a book on it. You can get it, find it on Amazon. I just, I just had an hour meeting with somebody today and said, I bought your book. And I go, well, that book's getting kind of old. <laughs> the, the, the problem, the problem when there's a book on technology, it does, it just within a few years, the book gets yes. kind of, you know, kind of yeah. old. But he said, no, it's still good. I'm still getting things out of it. But, um, uh, so the church called me. So I, I'm serving a mission, but it's worldwide. It's, I, I'm not serving here in Utah. Um, I speak throughout the United States, um, and uh, I guess what's different about this mission is I don't have a mission president or a companion. 
and and I don't even report hours. I think they'd be surprised if they heard how many hours I actually was spending because it's quite a few. But uh, so the, the mission is. Uh, the brethren want us to use the gospel library where it's where it's where it's practical. I mean, we've got people throughout the world that uh, don't have the devices; they can't afford them, uh, and uh, or they've, uh, you know, the problem is um, connecting with the devices and things like that. But where it's where it's practical, the brethren would like us to use the gospel library, and to even record our revelatory experiences in them. Yes. Um, and so uh, that's what I spend a lot of time, me doing, is teaching uh, how to use the Gospel Library. And for seminary, um, I'm working with a seminary teacher, Brad Comp- uh, Comstock, down in um, St. George. And uh, he just finished his doctorate on educational technology and specifically on using the Gospel Library in the classroom. Um, a, lot, a lot of the other seminary teachers, um, are complaining because the, the the students are playing with their phones rather than listening to the lesson. And I don't know what the situation is in Australia. Do, do most of your students have mobile phones? No. Okay, I don't. wondered that. Yeah. We we have we have maybe a couple of the older ones do. Mm-hmm. The younger ones don't. And yeah. so, like I I wanted to have things like um like there there's apps there's for seminary, like for doctrinal mastery, yes, uh huh, yes, and that sort of thing. And I've wanted to use that, and and they don't all have phones, so you yeah, know, it's just getting around that. But, yeah, um, yeah. Part, part part of the issue there, I think, is I mean, most of the Polynesian uh, families are just salt of the earth, beautiful people, but not highly educated. So they, most of them. Work in labor type jobs, uh, mm-hmm. um, shift work, and all that sort. Of, so they they earn enough to you know buy a house and all the rest of it. They probably and many of them have large families. They don't have enough to provide a mobile phone. Yes, yes, for, yeah, for their kids. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's totally different here in the states. Uh, I'm not speaking for every ward because I know we got parts of the area in the United States where incomes are limited and things. But, uh, yeah, this I'm very interested to hear about this because um, it just um, helps me understand that not everyone is in the situation that we are in here. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're trying to get the seminary teachers to model, that is, project their phone up to a large screen in the classroom and and oh, yeah. and then what they do is say, okay, now we're going to turn to Matthew five forty eight, and they show the students how to do that within seconds. You can literally within yes. seconds get there, and then oh. they we try to get them to look at the screen, not their phone, and then the teacher can point at different words and things like that. And so that's oh. what we're trying to do up here. But that's just something that would not work for you because most of them don't have the devices, and and yeah, so they, you. you, you but I could maybe do my phone on there, couldn't I? I yeah, could yeah, 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 you could, you could. Reject my phone. Yeah. But see, the thing is we, with our um, Zoom classes, we are, um, we haven't been able to do a lot of things like that. Uh, we do. Um, well, well, now, well, now, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I guess I did. Um uh, w- w- with with a Zoom meeting, you can project things that are on your screen, 
Um, so y- you can actually, in fact, I do it every week. Uh, you can have a Zoom meeting and hook up your phone or your your pad or your computer to the screen, and that's then share and then share your screen. And that's whatever on your screen, that's oh. that's what the people are going to see. Oh, okay. Because I do I do PowerPoints, but yeah. I haven't actually hooked up my phone to the screen. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll show you. Andy, you have to show me. Yeah, I'm the IT Yeah, I was going to say, you've got an IT guy living with you, so he yes. can show you how to do it. And then all you do is all you do is share your screen. There's yeah. a button down on down toward the bottom that says share the screen, and whatever's on your screen, that's what they're going to see, and you can show them PowerPoint or the Gospel Library or, or whatever it is that you want to actually show them. Okay, yeah. well, this has been very good for me to talk to you because mm-hmm. I'm going to look into that more. Yeah, and well. when I hear that the brethren want us to, with seminary, to use the gospel library more, then I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, them. well, and, and again, you know, we got to be careful because there's just different parts of the world that just doesn't work. And yours is one part of the world. Um, I Just today um, wasn't an interview. I was helping somebody for about an hour about the Gospel Library. And I told him, you know, we've got to learn to listen to the Spirit. And, the, the, you know, p- people will uh, say, well, okay, within the Gospel Library, you can create tags. And I, I've, I've literally been in a class where people go, well, okay, what tag should I use? And I'm going, well, that's between you and the Spirit. <laughs> that's not for me to tell you. <laughs> and it's the same thing with using these devices in the classroom. Uh, even here, uh, most of our youth have these phones, at least if they're a teenager. But yet, that doesn't mean we do it all the time. Because we really got to work by the spirit. The spirit knows best how to how to get that lesson across and touch the hearts. So yes, the brethren would like us to use the gospel library, and and the main reason is, um, the gospel library is a tool given to us by Heavenly Father to enhance our scripture study. And certainly, scripture study can be done just with the hard copies and the old-fashioned way. But there's things that the gospel library that you pointed out, Andy, can do to to help us. And I, I guess the question I have is: Your youth, when they go on missions, does the church give them a phone? Yes. Uh, now they do. Okay, uh, that's that's what I was thinking. So maybe for your seminary class, you know, if you do project your phone on the screen, say, I know all of you don't have phones, but the time will come, the time will come when you serve a mission that you'll most likely be given a device. And so by me showing you in the class, um, over time, you'll be more familiar with it when you do have a device. So that you might approach it that way. Yeah. Because we don't want people feeling bad because, well, I don't have one of those nice devices. <laughs> but yes. I, but I think if you explained it that way to them that this is training for your mission, then, um, then yeah, put it up on the screen and let them see uh, how how to use it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah some, 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 some yeah. of the older seminary students, you know, in their last year, <clears throat> because they're also, you know. Got their eye on a mission and preparing. Also, try to get job and uh, mm-hmm. to save money for their mission. Yeah, and and some of them then buy their own phone. You know, so it's usually the older ones that might. Yeah, have the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, it's even like with children. We're suggesting during family home evening, uh, project your phone up on the large screen. You know, most people here at least have the these large flat screens. And yeah. so that even your eight-year-old can see, there we got the scriptures up here, and I'm going to highlight it, and I'm going to make a note. And so just over time, they gradually learn how to, how to use yeah. it, and it becomes part of their life. Andy, what do you do as far as studying the scriptures? Yeah, I use the gospel, solely use the gospel library app. Uh, I read the Book of Mormon, you know, maybe between 10, 20 minutes of the Book of Mormon every day. Uh, what I've uh, recently done in the last year or so, I actually put the sound on. So I'm listening to mm. it while I'm reading it, and I oh. found that gives me an added depth, mm-hmm. you know, um, because sometimes just this, uh, reading something silently, uh, you know, it's okay and, and for it to say, but sometimes when someone is reading and, and then if I have a rev- revelatory moment, I just pause it, uh, and then mark the scripture or, you know, annotate mm-hmm. or something to, to try and think about, ponder about what, what I, just learnt or mm-hmm. the Spirit's helping me to understand. <clears throat> uh, and then I spend, uh, you know, similar amount of time, maybe a bit more on going through and again with, with voiced background, uh, come follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love to check out the other resources and videos. You know, it, it's just so rich in, mm-hmm. in what you have, you know, uh, Sometimes I just don't have time to go through everything, but I try to capture everything that uh, the brethren and others who have worked on putting it together have been inspired mm-hmm. to put there. Yeah, you know, because yeah. The, there is always something great to learn, and I love the you know the saints, link to the saints, and, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and other church history uh, background material. It it just gives you a, a multitude of understanding and, and depth to your study that you never had before. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I want to thank both of you for your time, and I always end my podcast with asking if you will bear your testimony. So whoever would like to go first, and then the second can follow. I know that Heavenly Father loves us. I know that our Savior toned for all the horrible things in this in our lifetime that we'll have to go through, he atoned for the sins and the mistakes that we make. That can the sacrament every viewing of us and we have to press forward. Know that happiness that has come to me in my life has been because of the gospel. And because of the choice that I make, marry this wonderful man in the temple, have our beautiful children, and and as I've served in the gospel and tried to live the gospel, I have had a very rich, wonderful life. Well, I um, well, the Lord sent His missionary to find me, <laughs> and they did probably tried. Couple of years before, uh, when they actually did, <laughs> they had come to the door, but my 
I was younger and my father just talked to them about uh, things about America and so forth. Uh, but he wasn't really interested in learning about their message or anything like that. So when I was 19, I was studying at university, computer science, mathematics, and the door, missionaries knocked on my door, and uh, I remember opening it up, and they said, oh, <clears throat> we're, well, I heard them say, uh, we're morons. Uh, but actually, you know, they said Mormons, but I'd never heard the term. So I said, why would you call yourself morons? I said, no, 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 we're Mormon missionaries. <laughs> and uh, anyway, my parents were overseas with my brother. I was home, home alone going to the university. So I invited them in because I had questions about the Bible, which I tried to read uh, but struggled. I wasn't a great reader when I was young. Um, anyway, I invited them in. They answered some of my questions beautifully, and then they had a message from me that taught me about the restoration and the other thing. took a, a few months, but uh, they kept encouraging me to pray and get an answer. I said, I, I am praying, but nothing yet. Um, and Eventually, I realized that a uh, thought came to me, maybe I need to pray like Joseph Smith rather than just lie in my bed and say, Father, let me know the church is true or the Book of Mormon is true or like that, you know, which was a bit casual. So I knelt in my bed, inside my bed <coughs> and uh, just solemnly addressed Heavenly Father said to him, if I could know Joseph Smith is a prop, then I will change my life. And as soon as I said that, Heavenly Father poured out his spirit. I, in fact, I just felt so filled with light all around me. Uh, you know how when you've got your eyes closed and there's a bright light, you know, but I, I dare not open my eyes. Uh, and I just heard him say to me, yes, Joseph Smith is mine. And I just started crying. I was filled with so much light and joy and love. You know, I can't really put into words feeling of that sacred experience for me. And, uh, well... Knew the judgments is proper, therefore the Book of Mormon was true, therefore the church was true. And, you know, I contacted the missionary and said, Right, I'm ready to be baptized. And, uh, I uh, have never looked back since. My life has been great joy, and the Lord has blessed me with opportunities to serve and to learn and grow beyond my wildest imagination and I'm so grateful for my testimony it's it, my bedrock and keeps me going every day full of enthusiasm and faith you know I've, I've been able to handle and deal with anything that the Lord allowed to come my way I'm just so grateful and 
my wife and I have been able to share this journey together uh, in the church with our family. Uh, and, you know, and my testimony has grown uh, even so much more with the last couple of prophets, you know, President Hinckley, President Monson, now President Nelson. You know, they, they have helped all of us church to spiritually mature and stand things so much more beautifully and simply uh, you know, by the Spirit helping us to seek personal revelatory experience all that just helped so much and of course providing the Gospel Library app I have a testimony of it it is, it is a a gift from God to help us grow like we've never grown before, if we'll just use it. Uh, you know, all the scriptures and the material are true and inspired <coughs> and a great help for me personally. Uh, uh, and, you know, try to encourage uh, ministering families and others to use it, consider use it. I'll show a few things too, but on the whole, I don't think church has fully awakened to the the power that is the gospel library, and I'm still discovering so much. There's, there's more there than I can absorb. Really, <laughs> it's a onward, upward growing. So I'm so grateful for your mission uh, and your encouragement and. These things are all given to us by the Lord through His service, through those He called to help us. And all these things are true. Church, the most wonderful thing in the earth. Quickadoni just opened people's eyes, ears, and hearts to it. But, you know, Satan does a great job in casting doubt, suspicion, and other things to mar the way so but I'm so thankful for it in my very testimony that I know all these things through that. Uh,